just encourage you to think about how you can use that readily available data to know what's popular, what's out there. Use actively collected data to get that rich information about your users and what's relevant and pertinent, what kind of challenges they're facing. Welcome to the Ministry at Scale podcast. I'm your host, Chad Williams. Join us as we discuss trends, learn from experts, and share practical tips to help your ministry multiply its digital impact. Well, today we're going to hear from Sam Reinerson. Sam is with the Bot Radio Network, and he has been testing some very creative things as it relates to personalization. Everything from capturing the right data and being able to take that data, take that information, and personalize the experience when people come to come to their website. Uh, this talk is what Sam first shared with the Digital Ministry Conference, and so I'm really excited to be able to, to share it with you. So I want to encourage you to listen all the way to the end. He makes a really important connection of tying discipleship to personalization. So I know you're going to enjoy Sam talking about personalization. So with all that, sit down, grab a cup of coffee, and enjoy listening to Sam share his experience using personalization. We're going to um, introduce, um, I think, a great resource for us today. Um, Sam Reinerson leads the marketing team over at Bot Radio Network. Um, it's, a, it's a talk formatted Christian radio show, 120 signals uh, nationwide. His team um, is doing a lot of interesting things over there, and they're basically expanding their user base by using all the digital options out there. Um, I think one of the things you'll see that he's, first of all, served over, I think, eight years in that capacity. Um, and he's going to show, show with us a little bit of like how to personalize a user's experience. Personalization is something that has becoming so much more important as the social experience for everybody is unique and individualized as well. And so should your messaging, so should your engagement. So everybody, please welcome Sam to the stage. Hey, everybody. It's good to be here. Uh, first of all, I want to thank Chad, uh, Virtuous, and all the sponsors for uh, helping to put this together. Uh, it's really encouraging to see um, a bunch of like-minded individuals who want to use their digital ministry uh, experience uh, to help people with their spiritual walk. So it's, it's just really encouraging uh, to see this room. Um, like Kenny said, I'm here to talk about um, personaliz personalization for your user experience. Uh, so we're going to talk about what that is, why it's important, and some principles that have worked uh, for us. So words matter. And so I want to go ahead and define what I mean when I say personalization. I found this definition helpful. The process of tailoring a message or an experience to each individual, which speaks directly to their needs, interests, and concerns. So I also want to take a moment just to explain uh, my or our organization uh, so you understand the lens that I'm approaching this from and why I may not address every pain point that your organization faces. Uh, I think there are some general concepts that we could all find helpful. Uh, so we are, uh, as Kenny mentioned, a talk-formatted radio network. We've got about 120 uh, signals nationwide um, broadcasting other ministries' content all day, every day. Uh, and then, of course, we, you know, we publish those uh, various platforms and outlets uh, online as well. So this might represent your organization. 
you may have a radio or podcast broadcast. You may have video content that you're publishing out there, uh, blogs, devotionals, uh, and of course, a means to give to the organization. And so we're here because we want to help make this process most effective for people who come to us. This probably represents a little bit more of what we look like. So every day we broadcast about 55 different unique programs. Uh, and of course, all of them are each promoting their own video content, blogs, articles, podcasts, etc. So for us, it's not so much about having unique content of our own, but we have to prioritize the user experience uh, and find ways to best connect our listeners with the resources that they're looking for. Um, a friend of mine, Bobby Lewis, um, has used the phrase that I like to, that I like to use a lot. And in, in broadcast media, we are pushing out one message from each of those ministry partners every half hour in what we like to call divine appointments. And one thing that we can accomplish with personalization is that we have the ability to, as he says, increase the number of divine appointments every day, where instead of one message hitting everybody, those messages can become tailored, unique to their own experience. So now that we've talked about what it is and who we are, let's talk about why. So why is this important? Well, almost everybody says we're doing it. Most customers say that they'll repurchase or re-engage from a personalized experience and call to actions convert much higher. All great, right? So what could go, oh, I'm sorry, let me go back real quick. So we have come to just expect a personalized experience, right? We see this everywhere. Uh, it used to be more search. Everything was search oriented, but now it's personalization. If you go to Netflix, when was the last time that you actually used the search feature in Netflix? You expect Netflix to present to you what you want to watch. Even, even down to Stitch Fix, right? We don't even expect to pick out our own clothes anymore. We expect somebody else to just know what we want. Does that sound like the basis for any marital strife to anybody? Anybody? So what could go wrong? If, if everybody is doing this and everybody wants it, what's the worst that could happen? Well, most of us use out-of-date information. Most of us get details about the users incorrect. 36% of companies keep no record of previous purchases. And of course, the ever-changing data privacy laws and user sentiment. Users regularly, regularly don't want to be tracked when given the option, but they still want a personalized experience. So let's talk about data, because really, it all starts with data. And it's really easy to get lost or distracted. And there's tons out there. And that's where personalization starts. And so you, but you can't say that you're not doing personalization for a lack of data. So, but you have to know of that data what is important and relevant to you. So I think there's really two different types of data. This I'll call readily available data. Google Analytics can tell you nearly anything you could ever possibly want to know about your web page, app, wherever it's plugged in can easily get lost in that, and they even have some new, more AI-powered insights and projections built into that. Your email campaign is going to have behavioral analytics that you can look at as far as engagement, 
clicks, all that sort of thing. Your CRM, if you use that, is going to have another set of analytics that you can look at, um, all telling you what is being collected sort of after the fact. The other type of data I want to talk about is what I'll call actively collected data. So Google Analytics and MailChimp, oops, I'm sorry. Google Analytics and MailChimp can only tell you what has already happened. Um, but the other thing I want to talk about is actively collected data. And so I think it's also really important to not just look at what has already happened, but to ask your users what is important to them. Just ask for it. So this is one thing that we have done. Uh, we've put quizzes on our broadcast pages um, specific to that program. Uh, we would ask them, you know, how often they listen to that broadcast. Um, if they visit that, uh, if they visit that broadcaster's site in addition to ours, uh, do they finally financially support that broadcast? Because it's, it's amazing how, uh, at least my bend, is to go directly to analytics and try and read the tea leaves. Um, but I want to encourage you not to forget to simply ask for information from people. Because we learn a lot from just this. Um, just, you know, even learning that people who do donate to the broadcast ministries that we air, they don't necessarily visit that ministry's webpage. They interact with the, with the broadcast through our platform. So it showed us we have the opportunity to get ministry partners' campaigns in front of our listeners that they wouldn't otherwise receive. So the, another uh, aspect of actively collected data that we've used is we've partnered with uh, Finney Media uh, twice, uh, one in 2016 and one in 2021. <clears throat> they put together a great comprehensive survey, and we just simply sent it out, asked our listeners to fill it out. And amazingly enough, we had, we had 1,500 people fill out this survey, even though it took probably 20 to 30 minutes to finish. That gave us a treasure trove of information about um, the users, self-identified information. So sometimes it just takes asking and people are willing to tell you. And while we don't get to use any of this information to personalize their specific experience, uh, it provides good context around what our listeners on average uh, may be experiencing or going through. So you'll just have to decide what's important. What do you want to know? Start with that. Don't start with the data. If you start with data, you're going to get lost and you won't be able to start. So going into it, you need to decide what it is you want to know and then go and find the data that you need. And that's going to be different for everybody. So for us, the most important thing to know is who is listening to what and what else they're listening to. Because we don't get that information with terrestrial radio, right? We don't know if somebody happens to listen at this time of day and that time of day what their favorite programs are. But that's information that we're able to collect online. We consider ourselves to be the trusted aggregator. And so we constantly want to be introducing our audience to other broadcast partners that they may be interested in. <clears throat> Other thing is data tagging. So in order for people to find what they're looking for, it has to be tagged. There are keywords, so anything and everything that would be relevant to that particular resource. Taxonomy of those tags, what is more important than the other. 
and for a lot of broadcasters, this will start with transcriptions. If you're not doing transcriptions right now, I would highly encourage that you do that. Uh, even if you don't make it available to the general public, having that information as far as what was said in each broadcast um, is going to be a lot more relevant than title or, or the short description. We've found from radio, people remember stories. Constantly we get questions like, oh, I heard, you know, I heard so-and-so and they mentioned this particular story. Well, you know, what episode was that? I want to go back and listen. That story isn't in the title and description, right? That's, that's where the transcriptions come in. And you're not going to be able to make good connections if you don't have good tagging. So encourage you to start now and then just re keep reevaluating if those tags are relevant, what the terms need to be, and if anything needs to be adjusted. So now that we've decided what's important, we need to find out ways to help personalize the experience. And what's likely happened maybe in your mind is you've thought, okay, we're barely keeping up with the content beast as it is, and now you're saying that we have to account for every particular, excuse me, every particular user experience that may happen. We're har hardly keeping up as it is. So one thing that we found <clears throat> was designing for scale and the average campaign that we used to run, we would have to create probably five or six different graphics for all the different methods of promotion. What we've done is we have changed our app, our website, our email to all use the same ratio image. And so now instead of creating five to six different images for every single campaign, we can create one, which means we can do five or six campaigns in the same amount of time that we needed to do one. So this will, this will look different for all of you. I know Journity has ways where their modal is the same size as embeds that you can also use. So just look for ways that you can uh, find efficiencies in the size of images and other things that you need for your uh, resources. Another thing we do is that uh, we use, um, there are all kinds of form, form options out there. We use Ninja Forms. Uh, and one thing that we're able to do th with that is we only have two different forms. We have one for mailed resources and we have one for digital resources. And just by, uh, we, so we don't have to create a new one for every single campaign. These just send the ID of the ministry and the resource uh, to our email client and database. So there's no need to keep recreating a new form every time we're doing a new campaign. So then... I don't even know if this is a word, but it goes along with the alliteration of the letter D. Decisioning. So you need to decide the classic who, what, where, why, and how. Who are you personalizing for? What are you going to personalize? What will the data triggers be? What data is important? Where will personalization take place? Why are you personalizing, perhaps most importantly? And how will the right people be recognized? what information will trigger what it is that you want to personalize for them. Of course, budget always plays an important role in that. That will decide how large you want to scale, what it is you want to do. And then once you know that, you can look at tools. And of course, there's always build, buy, or some kind of hybrid of that. So it's easy to feel overwhelmed looking at all the data points and wanting to account for every possible user experience. And with a sea of software solutions and tools, uh, I want to encourage you to just start easy. 
you likely already know a lot of user journeys that are happening on your site or on your apps, your platforms. Um, email can be one of the easiest ways to start with that, with uh, setting up automations, behavior triggers, and that sort of a thing. Uh, and then other easy-to-connect solutions like Journey um, that can trigger personalized um, messages based on uh, users' behavior as well. So I'm not going to go into all of the tools that you can buy because that would take all day. Um, but I do want to talk about one thing that we did build to give you an idea of some things that are possible. So maybe the most relatable thing I can say this, uh, this afternoon is that you know, we have a love-hate relationship with Subsplash. Any, anybody else? So we use them for our mobile app. And of course, there's always limitations no matter what you're doing. Um, but we decided, you know, we really, we really want to prioritize personalization. And so what we did was uh, our developer actually built um, a Java app that connects to Subsplash's API where we track users' behavior in our app, uh, everything they're doing down to the unique device ID. So we don't necessarily know who they are, but we know that that is a unique install. We know everything that they're listening to, what programs, we know what campaigns they're interacting with. We're tracking all that information in order to personalize their experience. So what that does is uh, allows us to target, in this case, we can do a lot of parameter targeting. So based on what programs we know they're listening to, we can send them unique messages that show up as a banner there in the mobile app. So based on you know what what program they're listening to, they may see this banner. If you're listening to a different program, you open the app, you're going to see a different banner. Very simple parameter targeting, just like what you would do in an email client or something. Another way we can do it is what we call with a passive listener. So passive listener just happens to listen to a broadcast. That can trigger a campaign that we would run that would maybe show their featured monthly resource for that ministry. In our app, we've also built the ability to favorite a program so that you, we can help aggregate the you know, number of 55 or more ministries that appear in our app uh, in a way that's more concise for the listener. They can pick and choose which ones that they want to see most prominently. Well, we know that those are probably more engaged listeners of that particular broadcast. So we know that they're, they're probably more familiar with the program, and so we may not necessarily show them the featured resource for that month. We would show them an appeal to become a monthly supporter of the program or something financial. The other thing we can do for parameter targeting is we can layer these campaigns. So this was an example that we did with uh, Focus on the Family for their Sea Life campaign where we targeted originally there on the left anybody that had listened to Focus on the Family's broadcast uh, in the app. They would see this particular banner promoting their Sea Life event. Then if they, if they went to that campaign, that would take them to a video series about the, pro, about the event. Then the next time they came into the app, if we knew that they had visited that banner, they would then see the second layer which was encouraging them to donate to the organization. If they had gone to that, the next time they would come into the app, they would see the third layer, which was encouraging them to actually register for the event. 
So even still using basic parameter targeting, we're able to constantly lead people as quickly and as far as they want to go. The other kind of targeting we can do is what I would call predictive targeting. So this shows our mobile app uh, and website. You see the billboard on the website there, like I mentioned, was the same, same size as the app banner. The listen now that you see underneath there um, will sh is based on cookie tracking that we use in our website. So that will show the most recent program um, of whatever broadcast ministry they had last visited. And then because I said that we were so interested in looking at not only what people are listen what what programs people are listening to but also what other programs they're listening to we look at those connections and then we can provide for them suggested content based on that so based on somebody who listens to in touch ministries we know that from aggregated from all of our user information they would be interested in those particular programs as well so that is on the homepage of our website that we show that, and then uh, there in the app as well on the uh, ministry on their ministry page we would have a tab saying you might also like for that suggested content. So I I hope there's something from this that you guys would be able to uh, take away. Uh, maybe some of you there's something that you would be able to apply uh, this to your organization. Maybe for some of you this has been like being at Kitty College. In which case, uh, wake up, because Chip and Allie have got some great stuff uh, coming up for you next. Um, but the last thing I want to mention uh, is something that I think will apply to everybody. And Kenny kind of alluded to it uh, just a moment ago. Um, and it only fits on one slide, and it still fits in with my alliteration, uh, and that is discipleship. So to go back to uh, the Finney Media survey that I mentioned earlier, one of the questions that we asked uh, folks was, if you donate to one of our broadcast ministries, why do you donate, right? That's what, that's what we always want to know. And the overwhelming majority of those people, uh, over 83%, said it wasn't because of a resource campaign. It wasn't because of a matching campaign. They, all indi they indicated that the reason they gave was that they simply believed in the mission and vision of the organization and felt God had called them to give. So I want you to think about how you can use, um, well, by the way, those resource campaigns only came in about 6% indicated that that was of any importance at all. So I want you to think about how you can apply your expertise in this area to helping people along their spiritual journey. Your ministry, your organization, no doubt, has resources that cover the whole spectrum of spiritual maturity from something targeted more towards seekers, early believers, um, or maybe those more mature. So just encourage you to think about how you can use that readily available data to know what's popular, what's out there. Use actively collected data to get that rich information about your users and what's relevant and pertinent, what kind of challenges they're facing. Use data tagging so that those resources can be found and use personalization not simply to convert people to donors, but to convey that you can help them in their walk with Christ. And with that, thank you. Wow, that was some great information about how you can be using personalization to capture the right data 
and personalize your user's experience. If you have been using personalization in a way that's unique or in a way that uh, you haven't seen other ministries do, I would love to hear about it. Just shoot me an email or shoot me a text and, and, and let me know. So as always, thank you so much for listening. Until next week, keep learning, keep growing, and keep impacting your world for Christ.